You're listening to a Hindustan Times podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, this is Manjula Narayan, National Books Editor Hindustan Times, and this is the Books and Authors podcast. It's a weekly podcast where I speak to authors who've got a new book out. Hi, so today we have with us Shri Parna Khaitan and Surbhi Anand who've uh, put together Bapu's Curries, a culinary journey of a father. Hi, both of you. Hi. 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 So now, you know, uh, the subtitle is Culinary Journeys of a Journey of a Father and it's clearly your father, um, yes. father's recipes that feature in this book, right? I mean, I read yes. the foreword where he's spoken about his uh, his passion for cooking and stuff and the experiments that he's done so you know talk about growing up with a dad who's a great cook I mean everybody does not have that you know (laughs) so well um, actually everybody assumes that you know the mother will play this role in any family but uh, funnily enough in in my family I've always seen the men in the family sort of assume this role uh, I think it stems from the fact that my grandfather was also a great cook. So, you know, he would be always cooking in his spare time. And, you know, I think my father kind of uh, picked it up from there. And uh, he also sort of imbibed that same passion for food. And uh, if, if ever I wanted to, you know, sort of uh, look to having good food at home, Probably the first person uh, I could think of was like, I'd ask my father, what are you cooking for us today? So, you know, yes, funnily enough, it was the men in the family, I guess. Wow. And also, it had something to do with the fact uh, that probably, uh, you know, we were in food-related businesses. Like my grandfather was running a food-related business, which was uh, manufacturing of ghee but, mm-hmm. and uncle chips as well so okay. that kind of i think uh further work and you know uh passion all things put together i think mm. so, yeah and something uh, I, I guess something like he you'd need to be really uh picky yeah. about the quality as well right so yes, you know? yes true. so so all the brothers actually my father has an extended family so all the brothers have tinkered in some shape or form in the kitchen. So, but he even more so, I guess. Uh, he's a more hands-on cook, you know, than all of them. That's what. And you know what I found interesting also was, like I said earlier, you know, this use of uh, fruit like guava and oranges, you know, uh, in curry form. That's very nice. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think uh, basically, essentially, uh, it is uh, largely from his travels that, you know, he, uh, like he traveled a lot to the uh, Middle East, etc. So he was saying, you know, and our cuisines are very similar in terms of spices, at least, that they use. And he always felt that um, probably that, you know, like, the pomegranate curry which he Mm -hmm. talks about yes Uh, you know that actually came from his one of his travels from the middle east where pomegranate is used very largely in food in some shape or form Mm -hmm. so i was successful in merging say uh, indian curry with spices and you know using the pomegranate juice 
and coming up with the curry and lots of others that he has done uh, uh also the thing was that he took a lot of his inspiration from continental food where sauces are being used mm-hmm. and you know food sauces etc so he sort of tried to even uh, translate that by giving it a indian twist hence a lot of food curry okay. some of them are with theme combinations and you know things like that my favorite in the fruit curries is the orange santre ka jhol yeah which... it's really nice <laughs> it's lovely to look at also yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i looked at that really carefully because it it looks beautiful first of all and then uh, and and then you know kind of i mean just look the pictures and even the descriptions kind of make you want to try it as well so you know when you put it down how tell me walk me through the process of putting down these uh, recipes because that itself i mean since since it's your dad and he's been cooking and, you know he must be having even more recipes so how did you pick these you know i think uh, we picked these recipes was because they were purely you know uh, there are like if you see that the book is actually divided into various parts they are like yes. family recipes that are also showcased yes. but uh, uh, you know those recipes were passed down and probably his interpretation to those recipes were also added in the book like for something like uh, you see gobhi mutter cream being mentioned in the book yes so that is my uh, actually that is my grandfather's recipe that okay. was his pet favorite which he used to cook in the winter so okay. that recipe all these recipes he had jotted down you know over the years in a diary which is also showcased in the book which is called the gandhi diary, diary. Yeah. yeah so yeah. i think i in back in the day i think most people used it for actually note taking etc back in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. so he did do that but as far as his own recipes are concerned which is like these fruit curries etc i think we actually had a lot of live cooking demonstrations with him we standardized the recipes we standardized them we used uh, you know sangeeta's help who was uh, who was mentoring us she helped us you know further standardize it and then you know we compiled the book which it was a, it, it took a long time yeah. we we started writing like putting the recipes on paper in 2019 but in uh-huh. only in 2020 during the lockdown actually we lived together so you know yeah. we got the time to really cook them <laughs> and then put them down properly ke ha exactly this amount of uh, masala will go in and everything and then finally we got down to photographing all the recipes okay you know because abi found i found it easier to photograph them at home was because i was doing it at my own pace Ah. otherwise with a photographer you just don't do justice to the curry yes uh, when you make so many curries together so you know it was much <laughs> easier so yeah i mean, it would get very uh, very hurried na if you have an outside yeah, yeah, exactly. schedules mm. and stuff yeah mm. yeah uh, this started more as a lockdown project <laughs> but uh, i think we kept at it and you know we achieved uh, at least we like the product i hope everybody <laughs> else also likes it no no i mean it's it's really lovely i i got it right i mean i get a lot of books so though i i like looking at cookery books but 
you get so many of them you don't off like you, you know some of them are good and, and most of them are like run of the mill so when you see uh, different sort of recipes then you get kind of excited about it so which i think this book definitely has you know because uh, <laughs> yeah it's got a mix of traditional as well as experimental yeah. so you want to talk about that yeah so i'll tell you one thing while we were you know almost at the end of uh, completing the book and umesh uncle still keeps coming up with recipes and he's like add this to the book add this to the book and you know there <laughs> every recipe he does is different and you know i literally told uncle one day the uncle ab ho gaya ab next karenge <laughs> 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 Actually, he's a very passionate cook, so you know he can drum up a recipe a day, frankly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's uh, obviously we uh, we are looking forward to a next one as well. <laughs> But that holds time to put together for sure. It's not yeah. uh, such an easy process. Yeah, but this doesn't sound easy. I mean, by any means. Uh, so you you want to talk about the the standardization? I mean, because if he's just cooking by himself in the kitchen, it'll be different from when he's cooking for a book, right? Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Book about so talk about that. Uh, so well, uh, you know, uh, as I said, he uh, we measured uh, each recipe which he demonstrated. Then while preparing the re- then we took the recipe ourselves. and we prepared it almost two to three times to get the measurements absolutely correct one of the prime you know pieces which we wanted to really make sure was that even if a layman were to cook the book he should be able to get the you know he should be able to follow the recipe and you know produce at least you know if not the same but a close product that we you know sort of uh, intend intend so yeah the there were a couple of cooks of each recipe i think and uh, in that process our cook she knows the all the recipes by heart now <laughs> wow he's mentioned he's given uh, credit to both your cooks right yeah. Yeah, in yeah. the book yeah like, uh, so yeah they must be quite adept at uh, at these things rather sophisticated yeah yeah we just have to say the name and she is ready to cook yeah. it <laughs> so like there's one cook which is also mentioned he has been with the family for about uh, since ever since i was like 10 so at least good 20 30 years so he can probably produce every recipe that he's cooked similar similar similarly yeah. there might be a little ups and downs but uh, he is like he can't speak anymore but if you just indicate to him he you know he's so hands on he knows the recipes by heart wow amazing <laughs> so you know typically i mean since this is a joint family right and everybody uh, you know so when you're yeah. eating like when when your dad decides or your uncles you know mm. uncles dads yeah. decide to cook so mm. what does it happen regularly or it's like a treat or what Well, it used to happen very regularly when I was growing up. But you know, as uh, like Diwali used to be obviously the main celebration where all the brothers would sort of catch up because you know for Marwaris, Diwali is a very big festival, mm-hmm. and everybody would be involved in some element of cooking. And then there was also this uh, particular thing which my father liked to do was to 
you know, take for any family get together, he would be, or even family weddings for that matter, he would be at the helm of affairs. So he would, you know, take on the role of the cook where he would be probably organizing the food for say 200, 300 people easily. Wow. And that wedding would be running over three days. So <laughs> he was that for even <laughs> now, Manjula, uh, on twentieth uh, December, it's his seventy fifth birthday. Okay. So we recently went to Rishikesh. Actually, he's living in Rishikesh uh, now. Okay. Okay. So okay. yes, because of the pollution and other yeah. things, you know, he's semi-retired from yes. law also. So mm -hmm. he's in Rishikesh. So when we went to Rishikesh this time, we were there for three days. Every meal. He was coming up with new concepts of starters or some curry for planning for his 75th. Wow. So auntie, his <laughs> wife, he's saying, hey, are you going to enjoy or are you, be, are you going to be cooking? <laughs> That's what he <laughs> enjoys, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He enjoys cooking. He enjoys feeding people. And you know, I come from a media family. Mm -hmm. I... Mother, like, you know, foods was never like really at the head of anything for me. But yeah. since I've met Sriparna and uh, Omesh Uncle, food is like for every travel, everything. It's like more about food <coughs> than anything else. So, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, it probably the, I mean, it's a funny thing, but in our family, whenever someone goes out, they don't ask him, what did you see? The first question is, what did you eat? <laughs> so food is paramount, actually. Hmm. So That's great. And, you know, I found, like, when, when he's mentioning things like, um, you know, I cooked, um, my wife is vegetarian, so I made the vegetarian version of this. And it kind of reminded me of those Kayast cookbooks where they also do this. You know, they, but of course, this is from a different perspective. They are traditionally doing this, but this yeah, is also yeah. very interesting. So let's talk about that. You know, like the mean moiety, you know, has been transformed yeah. into veg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a very nice idea. Yeah. I think uh, basically, uh, uh, we are, you know, traditionally Marwari. So, you know, my though my family did have meat, etc. And hence, you know, he had the exposure of eating out. And, uh, but uh, I think my mother was a preferred vegetarian. And so was the rest of the family. So, and, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, when they were actually traveling abroad, etc. Now it's different to have a lot of, yeah. you know, vegan, vegetarian options available. Yes. But at that time, they were few and far between, frankly. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I think um, whenever probably he got a chance to go to England, etc., where he would be actually staying in a flat where it was self-catering, etc. I think a lot of these curries also happened then. Okay. And, you know, even when he were at university, when he would come and visit us. So we were, you know, still vegetarians, at least I was a vegetarian back then also. Mm. So, you know, he sort of improvised a lot of, uh, you know, meat-based dishes. And mm. um, in fact, he has been saying that uh, if you uh, mention or read carefully in his book, he's given some uh, meat options with each gravy. But, yeah, you know, he's mentioned chicken. Gravy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
he say but that is for you know because he feels that the gravy can be uh, you know cooked in um, in itself it does not necessarily have to be the way where uh, a traditionally a chicken gravy or a mutton gravy is cooked where the mutton is actually cooked in the gravy. in the gravy so he he that the gravy itself is complete and you can add whatever you want Hmm. Yeah, like when he's transforming, he's using those Kashmiri recipes the, as the base, uh, and then but using yeah. vegetables in it. That's very yeah, nice. Yeah. You don't think you think of it as rich with meat, but it can also be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's what he's, uh, actually that's what he's tried to achieve is that he wants to give a gravy in its essence. It's full. It's fully finished. You, it's up to you what you want to add to it. Whether it's meat, fish, chicken, depending on the type of gravy. That's why you know we've given certain suggestions for each gravy that you can probably like. I think for the mean moily, obviously fish is the better choice, which he suggested anyway. So mm. that will. Mm. So um, and also, I found you know um, some of the ingredients also nice, like this Gucci biryani, and you know uh, getting morels and doing uh, stuff with it. it kind yeah. of it's such a nice idea. So yeah, Gucci biryani is actually my grandmother's recipe, <laughs> <laughs> which is like uh, even uh, to this day, I think uh, a cousin of mine. Is showcasing it in his, uh, you know, hotel in uh, Haridwar, which was actually a family property, which has been converted into a hotel. But yes, uh, I think he got a lot of exposure to different foods. That is for sure, even back then. So mm-hmm. you know, he was able to create his own because there is a alu gucci gravy curry yes. also. Surely yeah. his, uh, yeah. uh, you know. So yes. Um, there was a lot of inquisitiveness and exposure to different ingredients for sure. So mm. that is definitely. So, um, for both of you, which is your personal favorite? Well, my personal favorite is the alu bucci curry, mm. and uh, especially during this season, I think it's amazing. If uh, yeah. cooked in the uh, in the earthen pot, I think it even brings out more flavor. So. That is uh, a little bit of dumb cooking, but it will be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I also yeah. enjoyed the. You know, I also noticed that you know he's mentioned which which utensils to use. Those, yeah. That's also a nice touch, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've tried to make it wholesome for the reader, so that you know they can they they do not have to really think. They'll just have to just follow the. Follow everything that we've <laughs> written, and they'll come out with the final product, which is as close as us. Mm. So you know, tell me, um, tell me about the production of the book. You know, since uh, uh, you guys have published it, self-published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, the, the design. Usually, people just give it to some designer and finish it off. But here, uh, clearly, you have to be more involved, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, we, Actually, Sangeeta, we got Sangeeta on board uh, last somewhere last year. And, Sangeeta Khanna, uh, she's the designer. Yeah, Sangeeta Khanna, exactly. So okay. uh, the recipes and kind of you know the stories around food, they were there. But just to make it more, uh, Sangeeta really helped us to give it, give every recipe a story 
which frankly speaking i could not bring out of uh, umesh shankar when oh. he spoke to sangeeta about the recipes he would just fill out a lot of stories about each recipe because um. you know all the recipes have something or the other which had triggered that he would cook or yes. create that so yes. sangeeta could out those stories and then uh, sangeeta's students from nid they okay. uh, joined us for the designing part oh, of it okay. then we were involved sangeeta was quite involved i was quite involved first the photography was done then uh, she we went on to designing i think at some point i also felt ki ye kabhi complete hogi ki nahi hogi but then <laughs> finally you know it just happened and Uh, and then you know the printer i found a nice printer frankly mm-hmm. so uh, the and he has done a good job on yeah. the quality of the production yeah so eventually came out really nice and we, i am really happy because i really worked the work very hard on it <laughs> Yeah, and, and visually yeah. also it's very appealing. The book is, you know, it's like really a lovely, uh, lovely book. I mean, you know, nice nice this pictures like this for the anguri curry. Yeah, which is actually uh, yeah, yeah. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Also about the tell me about the anguri curry. I never thought, you know, okay, when I saw the santra ka th- jol, I thought, okay, santra, you know. It's possible. Angur yeah. yeah. curry, and I said like, I never thought of making angur into a curry. So you know, okay. uh, the angur brings out such a nice flavor to this curry, and there are you know the number of chilies. If you read, there are ten chili, ten green chilies we've used in it. Yeah, deceded. So <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> ten green. We don't need so much spice. But yeah. you need ten green chilies in it because otherwise you will not feel the cake. So oh. it's like you know, the uh, I was also surprised when I when I read when I was writing the recipe that anguri curry kaise banayenge. But then finally when we made it, the first attempt was a little, mm, and then second time when I tried alone, then it came out really <laughs> well. Oh. And the harachana we've used—that is, that only comes fifteen days in the winter. Okay. Uh, the small one, small one. Ah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. So that harachana, you don't need to do anything to it. You just have to put it in a warm water, and it's done. You just oh. add it to the curry. Wow. That has a slight sweetness to it, and the grape juice adds the sweetness, and then the chilies do the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in the book, you know what I frequently notice is that there's this um, combination of like opposites or unexpected things. Yeah, you know, like sweet and chilly. You don't. Yeah, yeah. You're cooking. You don't. You know, right off the bat, you don't think of that. You just generally make only one flavor sort of profile yeah. sort of thing. So these are different because they mix opposites. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think uh, part of it is also to do with the fact that uh, you know we have had a wider palate exposure. I think uh, you know we have like whether it be the Middle East or Chinese food or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. The flavor palate always has sweet, salty. You know all the textures together. So I think a lot of that. is uh, basically what essentially i think he also 
wants to capture by putting two contrasting flavors together and um, i though in india you know like the tra- traditional rajasthani dishes if you look in the book will mm-hmm. have a, you know uh, one single flavor palette mm-hmm. which is followed out like katta or whatever but um, i think uh, because he wanted to achieve that in his curries that contrast and uh, he probably felt that it wasn't really that available so i think he's probably managed to do that very successfully even this ananas curry pineapple curry and aloo bukhara yeah. curry also <laughs> i was just like looking at the things and thinking wow when you, when you are taking the names i my mouth is watering <laughs> <laughs> I can just feel I remember the tastes actually. <laughs> We tried them so many times. <laughs> yeah. But this is the perfect weather to cook them. I must say winter yeah. is definitely Yeah. Yeah, about 60% of the recipes are winter. Okay. 40% is still summer, yeah. Yeah. There is one uh, curry uh, Manjula uh, it's called Doodh ki Lauki. Yeah yeah I hate lauki I saw okay. that one yeah so but I, I saw that tell it you looks the story tell me tell me the story that uh, well, I mean it is you cook torai with doods but not like uh, extensively but yes in marwaris and banias that is there but dood ki lauki the story behind it is that sriparna being the spoiled brat she was not well at some point and uncle wanted to make something healthy for her and light mm-hmm. and he, she didn't want to have normal loki mm-hmm. uh, loki oh, and dal yes. so uncle just cooked this dood ki loki which just turned out to be good for her health so that she could get better so that is the accidental recipe but it's come it comes out really fine <laughs> hmm. i'm quite surprised because loki is such an uncharismatic vegetable <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh, so yeah so loki is such a boring vegetable but this looks actually interesting you know so so this is instinctive he did it did it in a he does it in an instinctive way or what you know yeah i think it's instinct and it's also the fact that um, i i don't know it's also the fact that he's um, you know he tends to i mean he has this one principle which he hangs on to is that he should one should visualize what one mm. wants to cook mm. so i think he actually largely does a lot of visualization before he you know assumes the cooking process mm. and he also does a lot of reading i've seen that over the years mm. that if he wants to cook a certain recipe it's not that he will not read or you know he will read a lot before he just to see that how can he Uh, produce what he wants to cook what are the spices that he want he needs to incorporate to get a certain flavor so i think the, it's like instinct visualization probably the lawyer in him that likes to research mm. and then finally the product comes out so yeah, yeah he he does read a lot on food before he you know take on takes on any uh, food experiment so to speak <laughs> like there were times when i would call him just of the bad ke uncle is curry mein ye cheez pehle jayegi ya 
ये पहले होगा एंड ही वुड जस्ट ही वुड रिमेम्बर यू नो आउट ऑफ सो मेनी करीज इफ आई आज किम फॉर तीखा बैंगन करी फॉर एग्जाम्पल धनिया दैट वी एड इन दी एंड ंगेम्बर Right, that's that's a big thing to to remember. I mean, I can never remember my yeah, steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because each and everything. Yeah. So, and also when I looked at the 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 rotis and the chawal, even that is another mm. amazing thing. <laughs> Santri ke chawal is so fantastic. What an idea! Yeah. Please, somebody talk and about it. It is so good. You must have had your growing up years. Yeah, I did actually. I think uh, I think it was like a partially we do these meethe chawal huh. in Rajasthan. Huh. So I think it was like a partially a twist on that. I feel, okay. and um, you know, uh, because you do meethe chawal, so how could you do it with fruit, etc.? Because there is a gourke chawal also. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I think that stemmed from that idea. That he kind of took forward, and the rotis are obviously some we take for granted because we have a lot of them at home. Mm-hmm. You know, you are having them as you're growing up. But I think uh, till ki roti was something I also experienced for the first time. Dahi kalonji. Dahi kalonji. Kaparatha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that uh, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and this chutki wali roti looks beautiful. Does it taste? Yeah. <laughs> It's like lovely. Ah, it's like amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It looks, yeah, you know, like a work of art. <laughs> it goes fantastically. <laughs> and even this tomatoer, this tomatoer puri. I never thought of adding tomatoer juice to puri, and I'm sure it tastes really good. The other day I was talking to uncle. Okay, uh, tomato ki puri hai. अपने पास like methi ki puri we make. And ah. then I was telling him make beetroot or some other. You know, let's make more puris and ah. uh, rotis. He he was like, I'm working on it. Next time I'll give it to you. <laughs> Because you know, I mean, once you see this that you can add tomato in this form to puri. And there's no uh, stopping you from adding lots of things, right? I mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Maybe we are restricted by not thinking uh, uh, about all the things that can be done to the food that we already have. Yeah. And what I found interesting about this book is that the ideas it gives you, you know. Mm. So. Yeah, I think uh, the ideas it gives you and the fact that uh, it does set you thinking on, you know, how you can actually change your, you know, uh, everyday dairy food at mm. times. Uh, Uh, you know, but for me the advantage is I can just call him and say, "Okay, fine, this is at home. <laughs> can you tell us what to do with it?" But yes, that uh, you definitely get into that thought process for sure because uh, you know we are all uh, sort of uh, we always think that locky has to be in a particular way. Even yeah. for that matter, bacon. Bacon, yeah. I never thought could be made into a curry, but he's you know managed to do that. <laughs> 
Though, I mean, so, uh, also those muggers, I've never used watermelon seeds. So talk about that. Is that regularly used in Marwadi cuisine? Or is I this... don't know. It is, I think, uh, Mughlai. Uh, muggers is mostly used in Mughlai food. But I think it is essentially, um, I think uh, a lot of the Bengali influence, which also comes in our food. Because okay. we, if you see, there is post dana being used. And all Culture. that, yes. and that yes. So I think because the family comes from Calcutta, so those uh, things were used uh, in the day-to-day cooking, and okay. that also got incorporated in his recipes as well. Mm. So that's how that. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, normally I don't think postdana or magas uh, is used in Malay Not not that much. Yeah. And then at one point you also mentioned, yeah, this Ker Sangri Ka Saag, the wild Rajasthani yeah. peoples. This is very interesting. So mm-hmm. talk about this. This is, I mean, properly Rajasthani, right? This is properly Rajasthani. And obviously, this is like Ker Sangri is the wild shrub. It's like uh, uh, Indian uh, Rajasthani gherkin and the shrub itself is there. So this is soaked overnight with uh, amchur and I think uh, haldi. And then uh, it is cooked in the normal, you know, with uh, Rajasthani red chili, etc. And kachri being uh, there. Kachri mm-hmm. is also a spice which is particular to Rajasthan. So okay. kachri actually adds a uh, sort of a tanginess this but uh, you know this is a big uh, favorite I think for most Rajasthan and everybody has their own version of Kachri though we have said the Saag but it can be pickled also a lot of people pickle it and keep it and you know use it later on it can be stored for a very long time because it has a lot of mustard oil and uh, a lot of ghee and you know all these all these wild shrubs they can be stored for a yeah. longish time just keep adding more mustard oil to make, mm-hmm. make it last long oh so, I see. okay hmm. yeah so there, there's an element of foraging in this also just like the morels yeah. huh? mm-hmm. there is an element of foraging it's also to do with the fact that the kind of uh, um, you know mm-hmm. it's a desert at the end of the day so mm-hmm. i think People obviously forage things and get them for a, you know, preserve them and get them for a long period of time. So that is continuing. So that you will see in the cuisine as well. And uh, that is what is locally available, actually. I mean, the shrub. So you can't do much about that. (laughs) Yeah. That online you can still get a few ingredients, but the quality is not that great. So still... uh, we call for ingredients from Sriparna's mommy who comes from, you know, she lives in Delhi, but she has a family home in Biawar. So we call for the ingredients from there like kachri or uh, the Rajasthani red chili powder, Ker Sangri and even the papar. So papar is also a big thing in Marwadi's, as you know. Yeah. So there is a particular kind of papar that we have given in the book. Which yes. is called papar ki puri. Yes, yes. And, uh, and chili powder. powder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but so, I was wondering with that recipe, this red chili powder, would it become like too spicy? Just like two, two teaspoons, I think. Yeah. Rajasthani red chilies are not that spicy actually. So, 
that's why the red chilies that uh, come from Rajasthan are usually for color purposes. Okay. So they put high in color and they're usually not very spicy. So we will. They. I mean, these methani red chilies, I think, have become very popular. And there's a village in Rajasthan that does them. I believe called methani, but uh, they are not at all spicy. Okay. It's just color. Okay. Okay. So, so one doesn't have uh, to worry about that. <laughs> no, no. Even uh, there's a recipe of lesson ki chutney, hmm. which there uh, in the recipe. In fact, I think uh, Sangeeta also uh, did not really uh, was surprised by it because she's such a food connoisseur. So one would have expected that you know she would know about it, but uh, that is also very typically Rajasthan. The red chilies okay. being made in with uh, a lot of. Garlic being made into chutney, so and that is not very spicy. It looks like you know red, and you feel that it will be very spicy, but it's not. Spicy. It is more tangy, yeah, and um, yeah. Oh. it's very nice. And another thing I found very interesting is that you know your father says that when he went to UK and he bought this Madras Madras curry powder. Now you know, like one yeah. has always avoided those curry powders in the UK, thinking what is this nonsense? But this is really nice. I was quite, you know, yeah. taken up with it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, talk about this. I, yeah, I think uh, because uh, me and my brother were actually doing our university, and as I said, he used to, you know, visit us a lot. And, you know, he would like cook for, like, you know, most parents over there would take the children out yeah. or their friends' children out, but he would always insist that no, 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 you call your all your friends home, and I'll cook for them. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the uh, most of them actually still to this day remember his cooking and his food for sure. Mm-hmm. Either you know, visitors us in India or they've had it there, but they are also equally gaga about his food. Mm-hmm. So this curry powder, obviously, saw you know because you don't in those days in nineties Indian food was there, but it was. More like you know, uh, it wasn't as popular as it is now. Mm. So uh, their uh, understanding of Indian food was equal to curry. Yes, and now it's changed a lot. Now you know all the cuisine is well represented over there. So yes, we did come across this curry powder, and obviously we had eggs at home. So hence the egg curry happened. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but this, like, uh, it's nice, and, you know, so it made me think of how, I mean, obviously immigrants took, you know, took uh, our curry, whatever, they created yeah. a curry powder for the, for the Brits, yeah. you know, which they embraced, yeah. but, you know, one was always a bit wary about. And uh, obviously, um, once you have, like, the fresh spices here, we probably recommend that you actually make the curry powder yourself from scratch mm-hmm. so don't go for the you know bottled variety if you yeah. can't yes then rely on the bottled variety because there will definitely be a difference in flavor if you go yeah. for the a you know freshly made masala as opposed to the bottled variety that's always there so. yeah and this is a good masala i mean one can use it 
for a lot of yeah you can use it in a lot of things yes i mean we uh, use it in our houseway yeah oh <laughs> 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 that's also nice that's all, that's this maybe i mean i don't know you can just churn out cookbooks after cookbooks now <laughs> book actually allows you to actually think beyond the normal for sure uh, like uh, after reading the book one of my sort of attempts was to create a, a basin wrapped asparagus <laughs> taking my marwari roots and you know sort of uh, merging it Usually, I have hand-wrapped asparagus in Italian food, so I said, "Why not? Let's just try that." So yeah, yeah it's a lot uh, of inspiration from the book, actually. So yeah, it you know it makes you easy and try things in the food for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, while you were working on this, what was the biggest challenge? You know, this is like a standard question that I ask because everybody. <laughs> I think biggest challenge was actually you know uh, there were times when he did give us the recipes mm. and uh, or even the family recipes but uh, sometimes you knew because what you had tasted uh, at home etc and you know it wasn't just coming out right mm-hmm. and uh, we were implementing this book during covid like you know the whole standardization process actually started during covid so actually standardizing and getting uh, the whole uh, recipe on paper was something you know which took a lot of continuous effort mm-hmm. it wasn't as easy as it seemed because you know sometimes you you know if i like for instance i knew a recipe and i knew that it did not taste right mm-hmm. i was actually to and the communication at that time was probably happening more via phone because my father or family members were you know pretty much in their own houses mm-hmm. so those things right took a lot of effort and time and you know but it did happen but standardizing is definitely most challenging i think mm-hmm. at what point did you did, did the idea strike you of putting together his recipes you know i think the idea actually struck me in 2000 uh, Fifteen, uh, we had uh, invested in something called Eat with India, where you know a lot of cook cooks were being showcased. Okay. And uh, yeah, and there were a lot of ventures around at that time, like authentic cook, etc. Hmm. And they is the food of home cooks, and you know that trend had just started. Hmm. And I always felt that his food was so good. that it should you know his friends used to joke that if you ever retire you know open a restaurant or something mm-hmm. and he all always uh, you know dreamt of uh, having a place of his own when he retired mm-hmm. but uh, i mean you know time went on so i felt that at least there should be something you know where his his things are at least documented you know even yeah. for you know future you know like uh, my nieces or you know for them to have something to hang on to because everybody has memories associated with this food you know everybody in the family he spoke some dish in someone's wedding or you know things like that mm. so they'll you know everybody will remember it for sure mm. yeah and there's an intimate touch with the family photographs and all so that's yeah 
you know that's nice even if even if it's somebody else's family like when the readers looking at it <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes you flash back to your own you know yeah definitely yeah. it i'm sure you will also be dishing out some of your old you know own family recipes after <laughs> seeing the book everybody will be inspired to i think you know yeah. have a look at their own family memorabilia uh, recipes for sure yeah. and food i think so to say like food does bring out that old comfort and you know old memories of your childhood when your grandparents were there you were playing your yeah. mother is feeding you or you know there are yeah. so many tastes which flash through your mind after yeah. seeing the book yeah. that you also want to come out with some recipe of your own which would remind you of those old times of course like one everybody is so gifted <laughs> झोल Yeah, 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 and Gucci biryani, of course. That is something that you don't. It's not spicy yet. It has so much flavor. It's mm. it's not like a those Hyderabadi, Lucknowi, and any other biryanis that you've had. But it has so much flavor that you want to just be at it and keep eating. It's really yummy. It's really amazing. So. What about my you? favorite? Uh, it's a uh, uh, my actually i would be a little partial to my grandfather's <laughs> recipes as well mm-hmm. it's gobi mutton for sure because uh, that uh, brings back a lot of childhood memories frankly mm-hmm. and other than that from my father's uh, repertoire of re- recipes i would say the definitely anar ke ras ke aloo that was Uh, like uh, that's amazing i think and the uh, one more thing which is very comforting to me which is uh, you know when is the um, dal which is uh, ah even the mathe ki dal is really so yeah. that is like mathe ki dal is perfect comfort food for the winters hmm definitely and mm-hmm. actually mathe since i've had the mathe ki dal I don't get that craving of having dal makhani. So okay. mathe ki dal has replaced dal makhani for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the dals are also very nice in this. The dal recipes are also very good. Hmm. Yeah. And in the, this thing about this anar and uh, and potato, again, I would never have thought of combining the two. <laughs> yeah. Anar, potato. Who thinks of it? It's really genius. You know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it goes very well. You have to try it. <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, there's this santre ka alu as well, right? But we've not been able to capture that. <laughs> so what the santra kind of the the taste of santra is get gets infused in the alu? Does it? No, yeah, no, no, no. So uh, it's like the, he makes a curry out of the santra. it's a oh. different it's a okay. little creamy 
and ah. then i don't know the full recipe yet but soon i'll find out because okay. uh, i'm already starting to document the next one <laughs> yeah definitely i mean like you definitely need a book to 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 this i mean since there are so many other recipes also waiting to be documented you know? yeah yeah there are many there are many endless i can think of endless right now <laughs> Okay, great. So you know, I could keep talking to you, but we'll have to like you know end. <laughs> so for the listeners, you know, go out and get Bapu's curries, the culinary journey of a father. It's by Shriparna Khaitan and Surbi Anand, and it is lovely. It's got great recipes. My mouth is watering even as I look at it, and it's got um very unusual recipes and plus very doable as well. So thank you so much both of you for talking to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com.